Welcome to the C3 Eastern Suburbs podcast. We're glad to have you tune in today and hope this message blesses you. If you'd like to visit, we meet in Glen Innes, Auckland on Sundays at 10am. You can also find us on www.c3easternsuburbs.org.nz. Enjoy the message. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, you may be seated. Hey, so good to have you in church this morning. A hey, great job, team. Thank you very, very much. You're awesome. Hey, so we're kicking into our new series this morning, Send and Transmit, and this whole thing of uh, trying to connect with God. And, uh, you know, sometimes those, those connections get muddled, or a small thing can stop us. You know, connecting. Who finds that with prayer? Like you're trying to think, come on, God, I need you to do this. How come? And how come some people get all the prayers answered? And uh, some of you going, nah, nah, not happening. Not happening. You know, it's like with uh, Priscilla's car at the moment. So there's, uh, there's a fuse in Priscilla's car, you know, like a 15 cent fuse, which uh, keeps blowing and the car dies. And so, and they can't work out why, how, and whenever. You know, they take it into the garage and they charge you more money and then they, it still doesn't work and things like that. But it's this little thing which stops the, the engine room. You know, the, the whole thing working can be down to these little things. And I think there's, there's, there's little keys in God about how we connect with him and uh, how we actually get our prayers answered. Because who wants some prayers answered? Yeah. Does anyone got some prayers going, God, come on, God, come through on this on this whole thing. So this morning, I want to, and over this next few weeks, I want to teach, give you some teaching around how to pray. And we got we got James Williamson preaching Woo! next week. Woo! It's going to be good. Is that James? It's going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be incredible. <laughs> All right. So if you've got your Bibles, uh, we're going to turn to Luke chapter eleven. And uh, here, Jesus is with his disciples, and uh, Jesus, he's just been praying. And his disciples come up to him and say, Jesus, come on, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. So he, so he begins with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, well, even hallowed be thy name, your kingdom come. So he teaches them this, and, and then he busts out this little short parable, which I want to talk about this morning and then pick it up from there. So in verse 2 it says, Then Jesus said to them, he's talking to the disciples, Suppose you have a friend. Just imagine having a friend. Amazing. And uh, you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. And a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door's already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. And then this next verse says, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. It's a crazy little story, crazy little little parable. And, and it tells us the sort of attitude that God wants us to maintain in this place of prayer. This thing of shame, shameless audacity. And, and it almost seems like God is actually encouraging us, asking us to harass him, mm-hmm. to wake him up in the middle of the night, to knock on his door, to get a little bit bold around this thing. This this thing of shameless audacity. And it's some other translations translated as persistence or boldness. 
in uh, Vine's Bible Dictionary. It gives this word. It says, this is your word for the day. Anyone for your word for the day is importunity. Importunity. Everybody say it again. Importunity. And we need to get a little bit of this importunity thing going on in our world. It means persistence, insistence, over-eagerness, unsuitableness, unmanliness, unmanliness, whatever that is, incivility, unfit, troublesome. It's barefaced, unashamedness, ability to overcome awkwardness. A teenager. A teenager. <laughs> 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 we need to get a little bit of opportunity on us. And this could easily, when you, when you read through the translation, it could easily be translated as kind of like a, a negative thing, right? You say, you know, you read through that, thing, oh, man. That's, that's kind of that annoying person, that annoying personality. But Jesus, he's saying around prayer, he's encouraging us to operate like this. Say, come on, harass me to ask and keep on asking. It's like, it's like when you go to the bank for a loan and you get turned down. It's, it's that sort of thing. And, and, and instead of going, oh, dumb, it's not going to happen, and walking away, you go back again. And you go, and you, you go. I don't know. You find a mortgage broker, or you go to a whole lot of different people. You say, "We're going to solve this," and and you get in their face, and you go, "Come on!" There's that that little thing of, of importunity that I'm not giving up, and that, that, we, that we place a demand on the supernatural realm. See, we we got to place a demand. See, see, we talked about that. Faith is the rope that brings heaven to earth. Yeah. And it's that ability to place a demand on the supernatural realm and pull heaven to earth that we've got to get a hold of. We've got to get a hold of onto that rope and begin to pull it into being around this whole thing. You know, the woman with the issue of blood, which we read about, that she came up behind Jesus and she tugged, she pulled on his garment, she pulled on his robe because she wanted healing. This opportunity. It's a little bit of unashamed, unabashed, I'm going to get my miracle. Mm. I'm going to push through the crowd. I'm going to push through whatever it takes to get the answer for what I need. And we need a little bit of that boldness upon us. Because just because we get knocked back the first time is not a refusal from God. But I think there's a stirring you know, when I'm feeling around this whole thing of prayer, that we're actually going to get a little bit bold around this thing of prayer and with it. That we need a little bit of you know, the old Winston Churchill spirit upon us. You know, yes. never, 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 never give up. You know, that, that spirit will get upon us. Amen? Yes. Come on. But that brings bulldog determination. I'm never giving up. Because I think, you know, when I was reading through this thing, I think in Christianity and I said, church, we pray too, way too many just nice, mild, meek prayers. Yeah. You know, oh God, it'll be really nice if you could do this, but if it doesn't, doesn't matter. I'll just get on with it myself. It'll be okay. Sure is, is that how we pray? You know, oh God, I don't really want to inconvenience you. I know you're busy solving all the world's problems, but you know, if you're really, really nice, you could just step in and help me out. Maybe I don't know. I could, you know, doesn't matter. But that's how we pray. Or we pray for something once, doesn't happen. Oh, I give up. God, you. Mustn't like me. I must have sin in my life. Don't we all? <laughs> you know, I must have missed it. You know, and, but that's how we pray. But here, God is challenging us to actually place a demand on Him. To place a demand on Him. To bang on the door 
after midnight. It says, because of your shameless audacity, your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. As much as you need. You know, Jesus, he tells me, there's a similar parable uh, a few chapters later in Luke chapter 18, the parable of the persistent widow. Again, this thing of being persistent around prayer, that we call on the name of God, that he would intervene and break through on our behalf. If we read the next verse here in verse 9 and 10, it says, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. This is God's promise to you this morning. That will be given to you. For for who? For everyone. Is there, is there any everyone's in here? You know, because again, we, we think, oh, those spiritual people, or those people have got it all together, or it's, it's for them. I say, hey, no, for everyone, for everyone, it will be given to you. Ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. See, if, I think if faith without works is dead, then asking without seeking and knocking can also be fruitless. Because again, yeah. I think we have that thing where we just ask. God, that would be really nice. But I think God is calling us to a little bit more of the seeking and the knocking. And, and when you look at this in here, it's like the present continuous tense. It's like ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. It's not like just a one-time, you know. And I think we, you know, we turn up on God's door and, and we do the little timid knock. Oh, maybe he's not home. <laughs> and, and then we gap it. Because we're worried, oh, we're out of here. But come on, what if we got in front of the door of God and we started it? Knock on that. Come on. Say, God, I'm not, I'm not going away. I'm not leaving until I get what I need from you. Even if it's midnight. Even if everyone's prepared. Yeah. And then we get and we say, come on, God. I need you to move on my behalf. The next verse here, it says, Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil... Thanks, God. Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? See, see the, the, these verses, they reveal the Father's heart on answering prayer. He's a good dad. He loves to give good things. You know, how many, those who've got kids, how many kids have got pers persistent kids around when they want something, you know? <laughs> when their birthday comes around, you, uh, they're telling you, you know, they're giving you the list. <laughs> right, right. Say, Dad, I need this. Dad, you know, Finn, I've got to have another football uniform. I need new football boots. Dad, I need, you know, uh, years ago, I was, uh, Dad, I'm not Lego. I need Lego with Harper now. So I need an iPhone. I have to have an iPhone. Every other kid in the world has an iPhone. You know, I have it, you know. And what are they going to get? What they do. Because <laughs> we're useless parents and we give them. <laughs> but it's that, it's that persistence which wears us down and grinds us into the dirt and we pay over our little credit cards and buy the kids these things. Because we're a good father, are we? I am a good father. I'm a good, good father. Yes, I am. 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 
But, but the father, he's a, he's a good dad. And he wants to give us good things. See, we, we almost have this theology or mentality. You know, if I hand my life over to God, he's going to give me dumb things. He's going to send me to Africa. With he's going to send me to Afghanistan. He's going to send me to... Might give all the stuff which I don't want. But we have. No, no, he's a good dad. Who, who's heart for us, who loves us, who wants to give us good things. That, that's who he is as a dad. Because we get what we ask for. You know? Yep. We get what we ask for. You find that with your kids when they want something. And we often we don't get because we don't ask. James 4 verse 3 says this. You do not have because you do not ask God. And when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your own pleasures. See, that's the right motive. What's, what's God called us to ask for? Uh, I, I want to tell you a story. There's a couple of stories here about uh, first one, Dr. Paul Yongi Cho, pastor of the most massive church on the planet, 750,000, you know, crazy church in, uh, in Korea. And uh, there's this little book which he wrote called The Fourth Dimension, and uh, he tells this story. And uh, it's around specific prayer and asking God specifically around things. And so let me read you the story. It says, he had been in the ministry for a few months and he was still poverty-stricken materially. So this is his early stages of the ministry, obviously. He was living in one small room and he had no desk, no chair, no bed, and he was eating on the floor, sleeping on the floor and studying on the floor. Nevertheless, he walked miles and miles every day. He prayed for a desk, a chair and a bicycle and he began to wait for the delivery. Six months passed without an answer. One rainy day, when he was hungry, tired, and depressed, he cried unto the Lord, saying, Lord, I asked you to supply me with a desk, a chair, a bicycle several months ago, but you have not. How can I ask my people to exercise faith when I cannot even practice it myself? If you are ever going to answer my prayer, please speed it up, please. <laughs> then the Lord spoke to him. My son, I heard your prayer a long time ago, but your problem is common with many of my children. They beg and demand every kind of request, but they ask in vague terms that I couldn't answer. There are several kinds of desks, chair or bicycle. Be specific yeah. in your request. So he knelt down and told God the size of the desk, which was to be made from an iron frame and rollers on the tips, then he asked, requested for a very strong, sturdy bicycle made in the USA with gears and on the side so that the speed can be regulated. And then he felt flo faith flowing up in his heart. Following morning, he read from Romans 4.17 and discovered that faith calls things that are not as though they are. During the service while preaching, he said, Folks, by the blessing of God, I have a desk made of Philippine mahogany, a beautiful chair with an iron frame and rollers on the tips, and a bicycle made in the USA with gears on the side. Praise God, I have received all these things. After the service, three young men followed him and said, Pastor, congratulations, but we desire to see these things. He was frightened. He began to pray to the Lord. Lord, this is your idea. I just obeyed you, and I'm in a terrible situation. You've got to help me now. When they reached his home, they looked around for those things, bicycle, chair, and desk. He told them, don't look around, for I'll, I'll show you later. He pointed to one of them and said, how long were you in your mother's womb before you were born into this world? He answered, well, nine months. 
He then replied, what were you doing in your mother's womb for nine months? I was growing, he said, but no one saw you. Paul retorted, no one could see me because I was inside my mother's womb. Then Yongi Cho said, last evening, I knelt down here and prayed for those things. I conceived the desk, the chair, and the bicycle. It is as if they are inside me, growing right now. They will soon be seen by people at the time of their delivery. And they began to laugh, saying, this is the first time they will ever see a man pregnant with a desk, a chair, and a bicycle. They began to spread rumour of this pregnancy all over. On the following Sunday, some young men came to touch his stomach and said, Pastor, how big you were coming? He kept on praising God as he waited for the date of delivery. God indeed provided those things. A desk turned up, made of Philippi mahogany, a Japanese chair made by the Mitsubishi Company with rollers on the tips, and a slightly used bicycle with gears from an American missionary son who returned to America. He brought the desk, chair, and bicycle into his house and was completely changed in his prayer life. Come on. Yeah. What are you praying for? And what are you praying with specific? What are you actually placing the demand on God around? I want to tell you my story. When I was 12, a few years ago, <laughs> I crashed my bike and split it in half on Christmas Day and uh, ended up with a big gash on my head, which is another story for another day. <laughs> anyway, that desk, uh, that, that bike was kaput. It was done. And uh, my dad had just read that story, that book, and he said to Glenn, you need to start to pray for a bike. You need to write down and be specific. So if we put up the next slide. This is my handwriting from when I was 12. And I began to pray and ask God. I'd put this little note by my bed and prayed every night for a rally 20. This was the days before 10 speeds and bearings. I think now, man. You'll faith in that for rally 20. Rally <laughs> 20, you know it. Gears, they'll three speed, you know it. And handbrakes, green, new tyres, a saddlebag, a stand, and under $100. All right. So I need to pray for this bike to turn up. And this is Blenheim. You know, it's not like in the days of trading where you can find things or anything like that. And, and we couldn't find a bike anywhere. But Dad searched, we looked, you know, in the, I don't know, in the paper those days. What did they have on there? Trade exchange, <laughs> and, 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 and he brought home a red bike. No, that's not the one. <laughs> he must be very frustrated with me. And, and I had to walk to school for the first few weeks of high school. And then I came home after school one day, and then sitting in my driveway was the green Rally 20. Cool. With, yeah, with everything. Rock and roll. You know it. Yeah. Spring I know, it's classy. It's a little bit embarrassing. That's not the actual bike, it was just one I found on Google. Which is similar, but anyway, you know, it's a seat from me, 12 yards or 30 years. What do you believe? But this is the thing God answers prayer. And we've got to get a little bit specific around what we're praying for and stop just praying necklace. God bless the missionaries in China. God bless, you know what I know. All the different stuff we pray for. But what are we in faith for? What are we pregnant with at the moment? What is inside us which God has for us? See, see, we've got to get to this place of conception. See, the, the, the place of conception is the place of intimacy. We've got to get this place with God where he begins to show us what he has for us. 
And that comes from this place of, of hanging with God, of walking with Him. That place of intimacy, just spending time in His presence, saying, God, speak to me. They would be expectant. They would be pregnant with a dream. You know, Priscilla being pregnant. You know, the time, and we, you know what happens when... She's looking at me funny now. She's going, where are we going with this? But you know when, when the girls are pregnant, everybody always asks, they come and want to rub her tummy, which is always awkward, and then, uh, and then they always ask, oh, when's it due? Do you know if it's a boy or a girl? Yeah. And you get asked those questions. See, And this Hebrews 11, one, that the faith has been sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. It's that, that, that place of pregnancy, that place of what is growing inside us, which we haven't seen yet, but we're in faith for. You know? What are we asking, seeking, and knocking for? See, and, and, and not looking at what we don't see, but living out of what God has conceived within us, that we pursue in prayer and nurture it. And, and then to, to, to bring that thing to birth. You know, there is always, there is always a wrestle to bring something to birth. There's a there's a fight for that. But our wrestle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against people, but it's against principalities and powers. And we've got to find that place of the wrestle to bring to birth what God has for us. And that place of the wrestle is in, is in prayer. And what I want to encourage you is that, that we begin to actually fight in prayer. You know, because there's, there's like conversational prayer, which is all good. You know, when I go on my prayer walks and walk on these things, just, you know, I'm hanging out with God, I'm talking to him about stuff, and praying and doing things like that. But I think sometimes we've lost our warfare prayer. Mm. We've lost our get into a room and knock the door down, yell at God, maybe get a little bit angry, maybe get a little bit stirred up in our prayer life to actually see what God has for us. That we knock and keep on knocking, that we ask and keep on asking, that we find that place of prayer. Like like for all of my kids, it's been a wrestle to have them. Priscilla will tell a story at some point. A whole bunch of miscarriages with Georgia, she ended up on three months' bed rest. She had to just lie flat for three months. Imagine Priscilla lying flat for three months, you know. We went in the end, she was going stir crazy, so we put her in the back of the car, lined down, and we'd drive her along the waterfront so she could look out the window <laughs> and, then, and then put her back into bed. She could go move from the bed to the couch and lie down. That that was kind of it. But we got Georgia, which was awesome. With Finn, he was a wrestle. There's a little picture of Finn um, coming up. Do you want to, this is Finn. Okay, he was small. That's a pen there next to him. He was like two lengths of a pen. And he shouldn't be here. Now he's a big bullhead, you see, running around the church, <laughs> annoying everybody. And, and he's grown, thank goodness for that. But, but when he was born, he, he was like six weeks premature. And uh, Priscilla, eight weeks premature. Priscilla was working in the neonatal intensive care unit on staff there. The next minute she was in there having this little guy. But there was a risk. And tell you what, when you have that little guy... And then in the incubator, it increases your prayer life. Yeah. You begin to wrestle, you begin to get for God, come on, let this little guy live. Let him be strong. And, and they kept telling to us with dumb reports, oh, I'm sorry, he's going to um, be deaf. Uh, he's got, what was the other thing they... 
They, if cerebral palsy is going to have all these issues, they keep telling you know doctors are they're so encouraging doctors aren't they? <laughs> so like, thanks for that, Jesus, that's brilliant. And, 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 and we say, no, in the name of Jesus, he's going to be brilliant. He's going to be all right. The spirit of God is upon him. Come on, and we got to find that place of wrestle that would fight before God and get something within us. He was, he was 1,500 grams, and he's grown and eaten all my food, and it's awesome. <laughs> See, anything significant requires a fight. And we've got to stop being passive as Christians. We've actually got to get some strength on the inside, because I believe that God wants to birth new things. And there is a response. We've got to learn how to fight for them. You know, for this church, God's birthed something awesome in this place. Yep. But it's only the beginning. There's got things, I believe that God's got some great things for this place. And people are coming. And that God's going to move on their behalf. And we'll see the miraculous. And things are going to shift and change. And the place that you're in now will not be the place that you'll be in the future. Because there's a God thing which causes things. But we've got to call on the name of the Lord. Call on his name. See, what, what are you in faith for? What, what's that dream? What's that thing which you're carrying inside of you? Have you written it down? Have you written it down? Can, is, is it specific or is it just, oh, oh, oh God, it'd be really nice if you blessed me? Maybe you're praying for a house at the moment. I encourage you, every house that we've purchased would be an absolute God miracle. Begin to write it down. Begin to list. This is how what it looks like. Begin to sketch it. Draw it. Get, get that prophetic, supernatural conception thing going on the inside. Say, God, this, this is what I see. This is what I see. Draw it out. And then begin to pray. Knock, knock on the door for your career, for your family, for your, you know, family members. See them. Begin to pray for them. See them in church with their hands raised, worshiping Jesus, connecting with Him. Come on, well, maybe we have the band back. I, I, I want us to, this to stir within you this morning. This thing, this thing of prayer. Yeah. Mm. Come on, come on, let's stand. Come on, let's stand.